Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage, and in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Today we are talking about workflows and we are going to jump right in. As always, if anybody has any questions, throw them in the chat on whatever platform you're listening to or watching and we will get to them in real time. And also if you've got feedback, ideas or things that can add to what we're saying, there is no monopoly on good ideas as someone once told me. So toss it in there. All right. All right. Let's go. All right. So this just shows you where you're at. So we're uh, like almost done guys. This is crazy that we've started this and we're almost to the end of the year. I hope that it's been a good process for you. The next couple, well, actually there's really only one real session left. The last one's kind of a BS one where we wrap things up, but <laughs> um, way but, to undersell, underselling. I know. <laughs> We're going to come together at the end and I'll just have some fun. But anyway, we'll I'll have a drink in that last week. Everyone's invited to bring a drink with you. Maybe we'll do it in the afternoon. Yeah, sounds good. Or in the morning, you know, you can always drink That's in the morning. Too. <laughs> um, but anyway, the last week we'll be, t- we'll be talking about effective for the second last week, effective time management. But today we are building our workflow, which is a new um, topic that we didn't do last year. So yay. Yay for new. Yeah. And, and this, again, like uh, the other, what was the other one we added in this? I think it was developing your focus, how we started this whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> the list is right in front of me. I'm looking at you while the list is right there. Um, yeah. So establish your focus and uh, some of the lead stuff in this were, were additions to last year, just based on how we've seen um, our businesses and our team's business grow and, and need different resources. So we're going to jump into that right now. And here's what we're talking about today. Um, This is all about a greater understanding of the work that you do. Um, And this is every element of your business. This isn't simply clients or marketing or anything like that. It's really taking the deep dive into your day-to-day and all the functions that you do. Um, And in doing that, this is all about process. So this is about the real stuff. It's not about the in the clouds, loosey-goosey stuff. Uh, we're going to identify the resources you have, potentially the, ident- the uh, resources that you need and don't have. Um, so this is um, the way we did the financial presentation. This is a bit of a self-audit, just not on the dollars and cents side. This is an audit of the work that you do, the people that you work with, the resources you use. We're going to organize all of that. So take all those pieces and put them together. And then the most important part of it all is where we send ourselves out into the real world and actually do the stuff we say we're going to do. So that's what we're talking about today. And we will throw in some real life examples. That's going to be the bulk of this is really taking a dive into what these could look like for you. But as always, we're not dictating how you should do it, just the premise behind why and the importance of doing it. Yeah. 
All right. So what is a workflow? So with real estate, there are obviously certain tasks that we do on an everyday basis that comes to um, establishing our business, reaching out to current and past clients, as well as just working with buyers and, and on our listings. So it's really about identifying, as Daniel said, the tasks that we do that, um, th- that we could eventually um, bring out and, and give to an assistant to do, or just keep ourselves more organized and accountable and making sure that um, everything stays in place in the way that we want it to do for our, for our own business. So it's really designed to achieve a specific outcome. Um, there may be many forks in the road and we'll see this, Daniel do this really cool um, like flow chart of like how a certain um, task would, could go. And so it's really important to recognize that it's not just a straight line. There's going to be things, especially as you know, in real estate that come up that if a deal doesn't work out, if, if a condition isn't met, like then what happens? So it's really about identifying all those areas that could potentially come up so that you're prepared for it and that you can guide your clients appropriately as well so that you're prepared for it. Um, and then, yeah, it may lead backwards as well. You might have to start from, from, um, from step one sometimes, um, which is okay. It happens, but it's just about knowing that that's where you go when something happens. Absolutely. It's, it's all about direction. And I think that's, I, I don't want to generalize and say that's the most important thing to everybody, but it's definitely one piece that we require to be successful is the ability to know where we're coming from and where we're going. Um, mm-hmm. So the first step you've got to do, and this is not an exhaustive list, this is just an example of big ideas. You have to understand and bucket your own professional life and maybe your personal life, but definitely your business into the big picture items. Um, what are those verticals that you can basically classify as a function of your business? Um, examples we've got here, buyers, listings, leases might be one, or those all might be bucketed into, into one big picture in terms of just transactions. Um, your marketing plan, relationship management, transactions management, those are really high level um, sort of umbrella topics that obviously can and will be broken down more. But the way to start a workflow is to understand things as 10,000 feet as possible and then whittle it down bit by bit. And I did have a question uh, in the chat just asking about um, whether you missed a PDF or an attachment send out. There will be um, a resource that goes out in the short period following this. I don't want to say hours, but there will be a piece that goes with this. It'll be sent out. And uh, mm-hmm. so not, not to worry, it'll, it'll supplement this as well. And again, this, this whole presentation is being recorded and it'll be available for viewing after the fact as well. Uh, quote time. Should, quote I, should, time. I, should I take you the should quote and throw it over to you? Um, <laughs> So this quote from a gentleman who I don't even know who he is, although he's very intelligent, I suppose. (laughs) Um, If you can't describe what you are doing as a process, you don't know what you are doing. And that's pretty self-explanatory. You've got to be able to break down what you do and understand how you're doing it, why you're doing it, uh, and how everything connects with everything else. Because if you don't and you can't, you really don't know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, it's really hard to be successful. And 
I'll, I'll, I'll put an asterisk on that. You can be successful without knowing what you're doing, but you're not going to maximize the success that's available to you if you don't know what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like sky's the limit for all of us, but you won't reach those peaks if, if you're just kind of going seat of your pants and every day leads to a new surprise because that can be fun, but it can also be exhausting and very difficult. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that why piece is really important as well, because a lot of times we go into our day doing tasks and we never really ask ourselves, why are we doing them? And you, I I don't know about you, but I end up sometimes an hour goes by and I'm like, why did I just do that? This is not furthering me in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, And social media plays a big part of that. But anyway, um, so it's really about, again, breaking down each process. And this is similar to the annual plan uh, uh, session that we went through, just kind of taking the bigger goals and breaking them down. So you guys all know what it takes um, to get a listing or to sell a house or to help somebody buy a house. But what is that process and what is each step to know about? Because it's really about, this is really about growing your business. And at some point, if you don't have an assistant yet, this is going to be something that's going to really help you out in terms of figuring out what to delegate to different people. Or maybe you're going to get a buyer's agent that's going to help you with buyer showings, um, with showings, sorry. So it's really about figuring that stuff out because I feel like a lot of times people um, start thinking about, well, I have to do all of this stuff. There's so much stuff that you can delegate out to make yourself more efficient, to really get you into the roles that are going to further your business even more when it comes to meeting new people, going on listing appointments. Those are the things that you need to do to actually get the business. All of the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of times you feel like it should be all on us, but really there is a lot that you can, you can delegate out. Um, so basically break it down, break it down some more and just making as granular as possible so that it's just anybody that looks at your business and what you do every day can really get a full understanding and jump right in as opposed to needing a significant amount of training and understanding, like, why are you doing this? Like it's, it's gotta be very detailed. Yeah. And we're going to jump in, as I said, to some examples that give you just a a really high level example of how granular you can get. There's always more specific, always. It doesn't matter what the function is. You might think that you're at your most specific. You can break down every task and every function you do down to minute by minute if you want to. And the more specific you get initially, the more work it is for developing the workflow. But again, there was another quote, that I didn't put in here, but, and I forget what it was, um, but it was something to the effect of um, like a minute of workflow planning leads to an hour of time savings long, long term. Mm. And so, and, and that's true. I mean, it's not an equation, but the reality is the time you take today to formalize and process out what you do at a specific level, you're a hundred percent saving time down the road. It's time invested now to save time later. Um, so what you're going to do when you start to develop all of these granular bits of what, of what your process is, is you're going to give every single step an identity. And that doesn't mean you're painting a picture of it and giving it a name. It just means you now need to take each piece and ask yourself all the questions about what exactly this piece represents. So that includes, like Katie was saying, who's doing it right now? Who's responsible for this piece? If it's a function or, or if, it's, if it's paperwork or whatever it is, who does it? And if it's you, should the person who's doing it be the one who's doing it? Is this something that could be delegated? Should it be delegated? Are you comfortable with it? Will it fit in the overall plan? 
Some of this you're going to come back to as you lay out the whole workflow, but these are questions initially to ask yourself. What does it serve? What's the purpose? Is this a function right now that is actually leading to a goal that is necessary? Is the way that you do it right now the way you'd like to do it that makes sense in the grand scheme of, of the function overall? Yes or no? Figure that out. Um, what does it lead to and what does it draw from? So this is where, from a visual perspective, um, think about it as a flowchart, which is what a lot of these workflows might look at, is this particular function or this particular task or this, this step, what is required to activate this step? And when you finish this step, what does that lead to? Does it lead to another step? Does it lead to a question? Um, because this is where, when you visualize it, you need to know how it fits. Um, and then what is required to get it done? It kind of comes from the, uh, what does it draw from? But if you've got a step in your function or in your overall uh, vertical that is necessary, but you don't have the required bit that you need to get there, for example, um, if you've got a step that says, I don't know, wave the conditions, right? You've got to have a step prior to that that has a conditional agreement, right? You might have steps prior to that that say, uh, establish what the conditions are with my client. And leading to that, you need to be able to take offers. So sometimes it's easier to start at the end and work your way backwards. And if you can't develop a logical path, you're missing pieces, so this might lead to more steps that you've missed, and that's fine. It's always fine to add to your, uh, to your workflow. And in some cases, with the who does it serve or, or what is, what's the purpose, if you determine that things are useless, it's okay to take them out of your workflow too if they're not going to hurt the overall process. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I did, I did put quote. the quote in. It was Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> who knew? Oh. <laughs> He said it's so much go. better than me. For every minute spent organizing, an hour is earned. Yes, we've touched on Yes, it. Benjamin. Preach. Right on, right on Ben. <laughs> you got this, Benny. He's a smart guy. He was. He had good hair. Anyway, he did. It was like epic. Well, it was kind of like, uh, it was kind of uh, like 19, what was he, the 1800s? It was like 1800s mullet. He had like the, par <laughs> the party in the back. And I don't even know if there was anything going on in the top. But anyway. <laughs> Moving on. That, that notwithstanding, he had a good quote. Mm -hmm. All right. Do we want to see what some of these might look like? Let's do this. I know I do. All right. I am just going to flip here into, no, not that little sneak peek. <laughs> yeah. And Richard commented here, developing all these workflows will create a great playbook for your business. Easier to grow, delegate, and train others for leverage with a playbook. Absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I listened to, uh, uh, what's it? I was still podcast, Daniel's favorite, the, the, the few favorite words that I say almost every day, <laughs> um, but it was a Tom Ferry one. And he was just talking about like the value of a business and like what is valuable in other people's eyes when they're looking to invest in a business. And I know that most real estate businesses, you're not looking for investors to come in, but it's really about identifying the tasks that need to be done and just having that like streamlined system in place that if you ever, like, let's say you want to go on vacation um, and you just don't want to have to do anything. You don't have to like 
be going into your email every day and worrying that somebody's going to be reaching out to you, how much easier would it be if you have an entire workflow set out that you can either give to somebody while you're gone or train somebody on or all those different things? Like this is really about creating like a lifelong, really great career for yourself where you can take yourself out and put yourself in at any point. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is, okay, go on. No, no, this, this is all you like, this is, this is a real life example of, uh, we've got a few different examples of kind of the granular nature and the step taking that you can have process to process. This is what you use. So you can, I mean, we're talking about, this one is an example of a buyer clients. Um, yeah. Checklist. Yeah, exactly. So uh, can you scroll? I don't know if you can scroll in at all. It's, it's, it's fine, but I'm not sure. Like if zoom you, in. Yeah. Zoom in just so that yeah. you can make it a little bit bigger actually there's a zoom button right here is that better yeah that's good that's good okay perfect um so this i mean this is very very basic um obviously you can get a lot more granular than this but it just gives you a better idea um of what we're talking about so when you're working with a buyer client i'm not going to go through all the steps because most of you know what it takes to work with a buyer client um but just i wanted to highlight a couple of of different things um like we've got a transaction tracker, which is an additional tracker just to keep track of like, you know, your spends on things. This is more for like the seller side of things when you're doing your marketing spends and all that. But um, just to keep track of the finance side of things is really important. Adding to Facebook and Instagram, this is something that I think is really important for us to do as agents when we're um, just, just, to, just to be able to keep in touch with people on a regular basis, it's nice to have that extra touch through social media. Um, so doing that right away, they'll get to know you a little bit better and like anything you put out real estate wise, because I'm assuming a lot of us are putting out a lot of real estate content, it can be really helpful. Um, but there's a lot of these things also that require extra work on your end. It's not just like a checkbox. So like um, sending a conditional period email. So once an offer is accepted, if you did manage to negotiate conditions into an offer, I have a templated email that I send out where it's like, you know, these are the next steps, home inspection. Like we need to book this within five business days. Here are three recommendations that I have for a home inspector. So you're not having to go back into your contacts every single time and like redo this email. Like if you have a template, it makes it so much easier. So just things like that are really, are really helpful. Um, but this is just one example of something that you could do. And you can see it's just on Excel. We will share this out to you guys later, but it's basically just like the check marks and making sure that you're covering all the important aspects of working with a particular client. And this is unique to you, right? Like this yeah. is this is what Katie uses because she's isolated what her process is with a buyer. And, you know, as things change or evolve, steps might be added to this, but it ensures that she knows what's next. Every time something's done, if there's a check mark mix missed, you can refer back to this and say, okay, what, you know, what should I be doing next? What should I be prepared for? You can look ahead to understand what's required from a time management perspective, which we'll talk about next week. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing that we'll talk about in a bit also is that this is just an example of one process. So like, I, I'll switch here. Like this is the seller process. Some of it might be consistent. Some of it might not, but this is not the all encompassing list of what she's going to be doing. Uh, some of these steps lead to other flowcharts and to other, um, other things, right? Like you talked about a transaction. I'm just going to 
the transaction, the transaction mm-hmm. tracker tab. <laughs> when you when you put it in there, that's got its own workflow that that's mm-hmm. working as well, right? When you've got things like listing the home on MLS, you don't just go from list on MLS to closing, right? Like there's a lot that happens after that. And, and a lot of that's here as well. Like some of the stuff is here, but you've got to design for yourself a, a, a clear kind of choose your own adventure that has some definition to it of what's next, what's before, did I miss anything? And that's what this really helps with so that you can enter. And it's the same thing, like uh, depending on what brokerage you're at, a lot of brokerages uh, will have systems that establish checklists for you in different elements of the business. And that's a good starting point. I know for us, like with every transaction we've got, there's a clear set of items that people need to mark off and get approved in order to complete the transaction. And it's not just paperwork, right? Like people are familiar with the paperwork you need, but beyond that, it's things like, did I get the names of the lawyers from both sides? It's do I need to book a home inspection? You know, th- things like that, where you're just isolating tasks that don't necessarily need to be submitted, but that might trigger it. Oh crap, I need to do that. Did I order the status certificate? Blah, 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 whatever it is. And those are all steps that the more you work, the more you're able to refine your own process to build out your workflow. So this is an example of a seller uh, version of, of what we just looked at. Um, different things that are on here. You might be considering the different marketing uh, aspects of what you do, whether it's staging, photography, you've got to order your signpost. Are there other things you need to consider? Um, And do some of these lead to other workflows as well, right? Are you leveraging other people, right? Your workflow might isolate who's responsible for different steps in here, right? If you're not expected to uh, plan the staging, right? Or if you do the staging or you hire a company or you've got an assistant, this might look different to you, but that's okay. You just want to plan it out in such a way that it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So same with tenants and landlords. If you do work with rental clients, it's, it's kind of like a similar approach. Um, a lot of like emails, email templates. I think that's really important to have in there. Um, also like from the seller's perspective, another thing is setting them up on like a neighborhood search, especially if it's a condo. Like if you aren't aware of a a new unit that comes out for sale while you're doing like the pre-listing activities, like that's obviously going to play a factor into your pricing and your strategy. So being aware of that and looking organized, because there's been times before doing this checklist where seller clients have reached out to me before putting their house, house on the market, like, oh, our neighbor just put their house on the market. And it's like, oh crap. So like, these, these are the kinds of things that will lead to less oh crap moments because mm-hmm. you are on the ball all the time and you don't have to, because like, like, it's just like all of these little details, like they can get so they get forgotten so quickly. And like, I don't know about you, but like your heart sinks when you forget one of those steps. Like, I mean, I've never forgotten to book like the stager, but I could see that happening. Um, so yeah, you never or, know, or, you never know what well, I mean, and I'll show that last flow chart in a second that kind of gives an example of some of those things too, but there's no limit to what you can put on these things. There's no rule. Um, and it evolves too. Like there's things on here, you know, you can see that a lot of this goes into like starting to touch your CRM, right? And some of your processes might tie into that. And your CRM is a whole other beast. People think about workflows, they think about their CRM. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's what I think people equate, they don't think about their whole business as workflows. 
Um, but everything needs to talk to each other and needs to have connections where it makes sense so that you know not just what's next in this function, but how does this trigger things elsewhere and mm -hmm. get those workflows going as well. Um, yeah. And I'm just going to jump into here to an example, I'll zoom out a bit, of a very basic workflow flowchart type thing. And this is an example of what a flowchart might look like um, just in the listing process for a seller. And this is, I, I just made a note here, appointment to firm. So this isn't the lead gen. This isn't any of the marketing. This isn't door knocking. And it's also not, once you go firm, it's not the steps necessarily that are going to follow that uh, in your closing process or in the stuff that comes between closing and going firm, where there's going to be probably a whole other workflow. Um, a few things to note here. Um, this is a, a visual approach that works for some people and might not for others. Um, I've tried to distinguish different steps here um, where some of them might just be a heading and a function and others might be an actual tactical or paperwork thing that needs to be done, right? So getting the listing appointment is kind of how this all starts. You've got a listing appointment. What do you do, right? And from that, there's definitely going to be the possibility to add a step in here. And I'm just going to preempt that again with, this is a very simple approach. You might have an entire function that leads up to the listing appointment that ties into our session that we did about listing appointments, right? Like there might be a whole approach of emails you send and getting the package ready and doing preliminary calls, CMAs, all of that. Totally cool. For the simplicity's sake, I'm just saying you had the listing appointment and it's going to go one of three ways. It's going to be a hard no, it's going to be a yeah, let's do this, or it's going to be I'm not sure yet, okay? From those, those are that's a fork in the road that can lead in different directions. If it's a no, you might just say they're dead to me and that's the end of the road for this person, or you might say, okay, add this to our CRM process for lukewarm leads or for sellers who didn't pan out or something, right? Like keep them databased, have a follow-up strategy for three to six months, whatever. No decision. Maybe that's going to go to a seller drip campaign. They're still not decided, but you want to keep them close. So you're going to start scheduling the stuff that you want to do to hopefully get them back to yes. Maybe it leads back to a listing appointment. Maybe it leads to referral strategy. The arrows can go everywhere. Um, I can see we have a question here. Yeah, Richard was wondering if we use uh, basic visual workflow as part of our buyer listing presentations to show clients every step of your process. Um, we do for listings particularly or for sellers, we do have a calendar that we find is a good visual for people to see what has to be done before we list, what is expected of them during the listing period in terms of timing needed to be out of the house, like when the offers are being reviewed, open houses, all that. So the calendar part I, I have found has been really useful for that perspective. Um, and then in our buyer presentation, we do have one of those, um, like just like a line in terms of like the basic things that need to be done in order to um, purchase a home. Um, but yeah, I think any any sort of visual to give people an idea of what what will happen through the process is is really really helpful. And that's something that you can do and just like set it and forget it, especially on the buying side, because it's usually pretty similar. Selling side, obviously, you just have to adjust dates and things like that. But really, it, it's still fairly similar um, at mm -hmm. the end of the day. And, and that raises another good point, which is whatever you're building, build it for your audience, 
if the audience is yourself, then write it like this stuff to me makes sense, right? But to people watching or people looking at this, this just might look like somebody threw up a bunch of colors and words on a paper that make no sense, right? So when we put a workflow in front of a client, it's got to be in plain English, right? We don't assume that they know just because it's the lingo. And so, um, mm -hmm. you know, we do the same thing in our auction package. There's kind of, it's, it's again, sort of a timeline with like little bubbles of what to expect in week one, week two, that sort of thing. Um, but play to your audience and evolve with your audience as well. Take feedback from people who are using your workflows to make sure that it's actually serving the right purpose. Um, so I'm not going to read every step of this particular flow chart, but as you follow it, there's, a, there's a few things here, like items lead to other items and that's important. So if you get the listing appointment and it's a yes, you're not jumping right into listing on your board or whatever that step looks like, right? There's a whole bunch of steps that clearly preempt that step. And if you skip any of these, or at least don't consider that these are steps you need to take into consideration, you're not going to be as successful as you should be. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to have the heartache that Katie was talking about, about, oh crap, I forgot this. Um, mm -hmm. But also recognize that there's different permutations to every step as well. This is, a, this is an example of a very generic listing that could go in two directions. Maybe it's a condo, maybe it's freehold, maybe it's commercial, maybe it's rural, maybe it's a lease. There could be a different workflow for all of those, or you could have a very simplified opening bit that branches out the farther you go and, and you can kind of isolate the stuff that's different only and keep something generic that's generic for everything. For example, a condo, you might be uh, ordering a status. You might have to think about booking the elevator. You might have to ask where the lockbox is supposed to go in a way that you might not for a house where you're putting a lockbox on the front lawn or whatever. But with a house, there might be more detail about the signs, the signpost, things like that. Isolate all that stuff when you get granular. Um, and as you do deals and do work now, I think it's, it's important that you recognize you're not going to be able to think about all these things just because you're putting your head down for an hour and isolating things. So when you do your job, start taking notes yeah. about everything you're doing because all of that, um, what do we call it? Not a mind map or is it a mind map? Like what all those just words on a page can be very mm -hmm. easily organized because you can yeah. give them all an identity and that's how they turn into something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, as you go, you'll develop it even more. Like even having a supplier list is really important. Like who are your condo cleaners? Who are your house cleaners? What areas do they work? Who are your home inspectors? All of those kinds of things um, just make it easier for you to draw upon as things come up. So you're not having to scramble each and every time. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, I mean, if you've got questions about this, this is again, a very a simple workflow. If you're listening and not seeing it, this is available to view after the fact. We will be sending an example of this out as a PDF to everybody so you can see it um, and do what you want with it, adjust it, make it your own. Um, yeah. But uh, the other thing I just, what we talked about earlier in the presentation about how sometimes you're not always going forward, sometimes you're going backwards. And that is still part of a workflow. An example, right here, you're listing... Let's say you get offers. Offers don't mean it's selling, right? So offers might not just lead to sold. Offers might lead to, they were crappy offers. It didn't sell. So what happens, right? It, you can't have a workflow end with something that doesn't go the way that you picture it in your head because things go different ways. Part of building these processes is determining all the different ways something could go. 
Um, and from a granular perspective, this again is simplified, listing and offers, you could just in this little bit here between listing and getting offers, what if you want to consider the different approaches you might be taking to listing? Are you doing an offer date? And what does that process look like? Are you doing an auction? What does that process look like? Is it traditional? Your pricing mm -hmm. strategy, your communication with the client, um, all of that falls in different spots here. But we talk a lot about expectation management. And one of the easiest ways to manage expectations is to set your own expectations about how you go about doing that ahead of time. Right. And if you address everything early that, you know, could cause yourself heartache down the road, your workflow creates itself through addressing your own pain points. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, you know, as we said before, like this can extend to your own like branding and marketing, what you're doing in terms of like the goals that you've set out for yourself for the year, like all of this can be workflowed out. But I think it's important to recognize that you've got to start somewhere and don't feel like you have to do it all in one sitting, like just start chipping away at this. Like if you can create a workflow in the next month for like, let's say you're heavier on working with buyers. If you can create a, a workflow for that aspect of your job, um, the other stuff will fall into place down the road. You're going to be that much further ahead if you've got the workflow set out for just one thing versus like feeling like you have to do it all or nothing. I put a quote up um, yesterday on my Instagram and I thought it was, I felt like a lot of people seem to really connect with it. So maybe it'll connect for you guys, but basically it said you're overwhelmed because you're looking too far ahead. Today is set up, just do today. So whatever that is, it just has to be a small step towards this because I think this workflow thing for people that don't have it workflowed out right now can be really, really overwhelming. So just start with something and work your way up. Maybe by the end of the year, you'll have workflows for everything. Um, but, and if some people do have workflows, take that next step and maybe start color coding the areas that you can, that would be delegated to an assistant that you don't yourself have to be involved with it. You can always take it that much further, but I think recognizing where you are in the process and being really real with yourself is the first step. And then afterwards you start working away at it, but don't feel like you have to be, you know, a hundred miles ahead of where you are right now. We all start somewhere and we just got to keep moving up from there. Yeah. You're, you're diagnosing yourself here. Like you're doing an audit on yourself. You're being critical. That's what the planning process is all about. Right. And this is a very key part of your plan to not just keep yourself organized, but to avoid burnout, to effectively use your resources, to manage your time, to save money. Um, organization is the key to everything. Everything we've been doing for the first 10 weeks is just organization. Like all of those elements are finding their ways into a workflow of your business, right? Like this is the most key thing and take it slowly, like Katie was saying, but also leverage the people around you. Talk to people who might have things in place, ask questions, ask for feedback um, and, and like just lean on best practices if you can. One day you're going to be the best practice. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, like that, that there's, no, there's no right answer here other than that which makes you comfortable, right? This isn't about uh, accountability to outcomes. It's about accountability to actually getting a workflow in place. That's what your goal is with workflows is just having something you can stick to and understand um, regardless of what that looks like in the deals you get done or don't get done.
Yeah. I'm gonna stop sharing my screen here. Does anybody have any questions? I know this is a shorter session, but uh, anybody that wanna wants to get any feedback on anything or anything that we've done in the past that you might want to get some more clarity on, we can stick around for a few minutes. That's what we do. So and we if anybody else around. who wasn't here at the beginning, if anybody has any ideas for where I can look for the present that I lost for my son somewhere in our own house that I'm supposed to give him tonight, throw your ideas in the chat because I really need to find this thing and I don't want to have to buy a replacement. That would suck. I <laughs> <sighs> can't believe I hit it on myself. I do that all the time. <laughs> so aggravated, but that's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we will. Jamie said under the couch. Under the couch. Well, I wouldn't have hit it under the couch unless one of them found it and hit it on me. I'm going to the office after this. So I will, I will look in the office and see. Yeah, exactly, Richard. <laughs> we need a playbook with where, where we hide things in our house. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, you know what it is? It's like we've given so many presents to so many kids so many times that there's kind of like the go-to hiding spots that I don't want to reuse anymore. So <laughs> I feel like I've gone too far hiding things on them to the point where I can't even find the damn thing anymore, which is yeah. frustrating. But oh, I will... we've got... Yeah, we've got some good, good. Yeah, above the fridge is one of the go-tos. That's actually where yesterday's present yeah. was hidden. So you're right, um, but it's not there. I did. That was the first place I looked. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, just keep keep them coming even after this is done. I will. I'll put something. How big is it? How big it's, is it? It's it's. it's <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like that big. It, it it's a video game. It's like a little video game case. It's like the size of a DVD case or a Blu-ray, if you will. Underwear drawer. Yeah, maybe. That's a I'll good call. It. Okay. Yeah. Ceiling tiles. <laughs> that that might be a go-to for us. I don't remember yeah. going into our ceiling, but it's possible we in our attic. That would be random. Yeah, I don't know. I'm afraid of our attic. I'm, afraid, afraid, of, of our I'm afraid of attics in general. Mm -hmm. little, little animals up there. Okay. <laughs> I will update you guys if right. when I find it. But thank you for all the ideas. Now, now I've got something to do for the next hour and a half I or know. more. Um, and Renata, we'll send this out as soon as we can so that you guys have the recording and uh, and the and the file that we we shared. So it'll all be there. And and back back on topic. Um, really good point, Tara just brought up, which is what made it easier for her putting together workflows was pretending to teach somebody else what steps mm. she took. So yeah, like. It's kind of a, a, a weird role playing in a sense, but just, yeah. If you, if you can't explain what you do to somebody else, yeah, it, it, you need to make it more simple, right? Like, or you need to make it more understandable. Maybe you need to make it more specific or not. Yeah. So um, take the time, understand what you do, lay it all out there. And uh, that's it. I'm good. I'm going to go look for a present. All right. All right. Posted. Well, okay. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend. Everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.